Today on Building the Broncos, Carl and Nick discuss who are the most important slash core players for the Denver Broncos moving forward. This is Building the Broncos. Welcome to Building the Broncos with your hosts, Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler. Hello there, Broncos country, and it is once again time for another episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host, Carl Dumbler, and with me as always, I have my co-host and good friend, Nick Kendall. Nick, man, how was it without me last week? It was interesting. We had Lance on, and we actually had some recording issues. He told me as the computer knowledge of a two-year-old, so did the best I could (laughs) on my end. I guess I'm blessed when I have you on here that I don't have to explain too much computer stuff. I'm not really a super computer guy either. I got my statistical analysis but glance was good it was fun to have him on but i mean you're my boy blue carl i I love you it's not even it's not even a question i think people listeners know that so glad to have you on and then i'm gonna be parting ways here but welcome back to the united states happy post fourth of july and uh god bless america yeah do you still have all 10 fingers you know what i like fireworks but i'm not i'm not a big fan of fireworks i think like once you're past the the kid stage yeah, and I, I just, I don't know. It's not, it's not such a big thing. I actually enjoy the the barbecue and the uh, drinking good alcohol portion of Fourth of July, and the, the freedom part more than the fireworks. There you go. Yeah, ever since I had a kid, it hasn't been quite the same. When you have a yeah. three year old chasing after you, and you're like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't light those big ones off. Yeah, you, uh, it, things kind of calm down a little bit. So I, I was fine with the poppers and sparklers and smoke bombs this year. Yeah. It's also been so dry. I feel like I'm I'm always just worried to death that it's going to be, you know, set off some monstrous for, forest fire or something like Colorado right now is on the precipice of like one of the largest forest fires in their recorded state history, aren't they? Oh man. Yeah, there's something going on with that. It's oh. it's pretty bad. No, we uh we had flood warnings here last night, so Oh man. We didn't have to worry about that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I I got through the whole making things go boom phase in high school. Like I don't know if you have when you're in Iowa, I guess sometimes you kind of do stupid stuff out in a cornfield, but we made like works bombs. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I don't want to give people the recipe over the podcast, but <laughs> it's a, yeah, uh, it, 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 shut down here. <laughs> yeah. It definitely makes a big boom. You Gatorade bottles are better because the hard plastic. Yeah. But that was, that was the, the peak of my um, bomb technician days. So not, now I'm a little bit more reserved. I think uh, I've focused that from uh, making stuff like that and, you know, making things go boom to, enjoying a good beer and a good burger there you go yeah that's not a not a bad substitution there i'll take it yeah all right well our fans i want you to let let you know that building the broncos is focused on all things pertain to your denver broncos especially as it relates to the nfl draft the off season and and the building of the team with nick and myself being armchair gms we'll be bringing you fresh insight and analysis each and every week in every single episode from scouting reports, player value, scheme, and personnel fits, and of course, just some general football-related banter. You can follow myself on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH, as well as follow Nick at Nick Kendall MHH. And be sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have, because we live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the, tw- the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod, and make sure you check out ours and our co-writers' written content at MileHighHuddle.com, a part of 24-7 Sports, an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. 
We know you listeners are as football, draft, and Bronco crazy as we are, so please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So as a, a call to action, please go and take the time to, to go to iTunes or Spreaker and, and rate and subscribe and let your voices be heard on how you enjoy our show. Now, before we get to to the, the nuts and bolts of this episode, we really do want to say thank you to our, our great sponsor, Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash huddle up. Now, this last week, like Nick said, I was gone for a little trip out of the country, and Audible books were amazing. I think I made it through more books in the last week than the last couple of months combined. And, of course, had to get a little little football knowledge in there. So make sure to check out Audible. Great thing to have. Uh, you, you definitely increase your knowledge. And, hey, maybe you can uh, challenge Nick and I on some of our football knowledge and say, hey, uh, Bill Parcells said this, and you guys are saying the opposite, and, and take us on that way. We'd love that. But now on to the actual episode, we, we want to um, take on the task today of trying to point to players that uh, that absolutely need to be the core of this team moving forward. And that starts with this season. This is These are players that uh, don't get that that year off or that, that year to, to develop. I mean, they, they got a little bit of development time, but it's still, these are the guys moving forward that the Broncos absolutely need. If they're going to have a Super Bowl kind of team, These are those core players. Now, 2015, the Broncos had some of the best veteran core team in, oh, I'd say the last five, six years for the NFL. I mean, when you got Peyton Manning as your your team captain, DeMarcus Ware leading your defense, of course, Von Miller on there, Akib Tlaib, Chris Harris, TJ Ward, DT, I would throw Trevathan in on there. Uh, I mean, that was just a team loaded with core players that were also great at leadership. Wouldn't you agree, Nick? Oh, absolutely. 100%. And also, uh, we're sorry to take a left turn here, but welcome back to the country. How was Haiti? We didn't. We talked about the fourth, but man, you got to tell the listeners a little bit <laughs> of how Haiti was. All right. Well, I live in very, very dry country. We're just right above desert. And Haiti is 95 degrees with 100% humidity. So you are constantly sweating at all times. But otherwise, it was it was a beautiful country. Got to go to the ocean, you know, for for an Iowa guy or a Kansas guy seeing the ocean. That's a big deal. That's uh, that, that's pretty special for you that live by the ocean. Uh, please enjoy what you got, because we definitely don't got that for you people in, in Colorado that have mountains. Enjoy that, because, again, we don't have that. <laughs> we, we got uh, cornfields. Corn. Yay! Corn. You got rivers and stuff and lakes and ponds and <laughs> ticks and mosquitoes and it's, it's good times. Yeah. Everybody enjoys that. Anyway, um, it was, it was beautiful. Like I said, you're, you're swimming in the ocean and you're looking straight up at mountains. That's uh, it's amazing. And and we were kind of spoiled. We had air conditioning, we had electricity, we had internet for like two days until everything went haywire. But uh, you, we had full-time security with machetes guarding our place. That was kind of interesting. And the food, some of the best food I've ever had in my life. So great trip. Loved it. But I'm also glad to be back. I, I kind of missed my little girl and, of course, missed podcasting with you. You know, a week without a podcast, that's uh, that's that's tough. 
get used to this. This is part of my my life now. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, so it's good to be back and good to be talking Bronco football. We are about three weeks away from training camp kicking off. So starting to get revved up for another year of the Broncos and a little more excited this year than I was last year for this team. And part of that is because we have a, a pretty interesting and unique core for the Broncos coming up. Now, like I said, 2015, they had all these veteran guys that have been in the league 10, 15 years or so. And the Broncos have moved on. I mean, Manning and Ware retired. Tlaib is now in L.A. Uh, Ward is not on a team right now. Trevathan, of course, is with the Bears. And DT is another year older. There was some talk that he might be moved on after this year. So we're, we're kind of left with just a few of the older guys. Harris and Vaughn, even those guys are starting to get up there. I mean, it's, it's crazy to say 28-year-olds are, are getting up there in age when we're I'm older than that, <laughs> but that's kind of where we are. So anyway, Broncos are moving to a younger core and that's what they needed to do. And it's, it's always a tough process when you go from that kind of veteran team to a, a young core, but we thought we'd go through six players. We think are absolutely essential. If the Broncos are going to get really back to that Super Bowl caliber team to have that core guys that you can look back on and say, those are the guys that this team was built around. Those are the guys that led this team to Super Bowl victory. And, and the first one that we're going to start with, I, I think is one that's, that's very primed to have a big year this year. And that is Garrett Bowles, our, our left tackle. And I've heard some people still talking about, Hey, uh, maybe we should move him over there to right tackle. Uh, you know, there's some weird talk going on. Now, if you want to see Bowles succeed, I, I don't think you can move him over at this point. I think you you would stunt his growth if you move him over to right tackle at this point because that's learning a whole new position. For Garrett Bowles, uh, th- this is this is a prime position. Even even today in today's NFL, I know guards are getting paid more than ever, centers are getting paid more than ever, right tackles are getting paid more than ever. But would you still agree left tackle is still the most valuable position on the offensive line? I would agree, and the dollars would back that up as well. I mean, in today's NFL, you probably need a more solid offensive line than just having an elite left tackle and having a bunch of guys at the other positions, but having a good tackle on at the left side is a key to building a good offensive line. You can get away with a subpar left tackle if you're strong across the board, but I still think it starts with that left tackle spot and bulls. I agree with you. I think maybe eventually if this year doesn't pan out, if he kind of stays where he's at, Eventually, he might be moved over to right tackle, but I think that would just really mess with his growth, his psyche, his demeanor. If you moved him over to right tackle this season, it would be like his rookie season all over again. So you got Veld here there. They've, I'm encouraged to hear both of them singing overtures about each other. So I'm, I am cautiously optimistic that Bulls is going to take a pretty big step forward this year and look much better. He's going to have to clean up his penalties. That's the probably the biggest thing with him, you know, consistency in his pass blocking as well. We know he's got the, got to put on some more weight, but his run blocking is probably top 20 of tackles in the NFL last year, I would say. So he's, and he's still, you know, what is he? 25, 26 drafted older, but offensive linemen have a later, a later peak. So that's not so bad. And if bulls hits, I mean, that's, that's huge for the team. You still got him for another three, four years on that contract, depending if they use that fifth year option and to have a, tackle that you can just pencil in as like yep that's the guy it's huge for the last you know 10 years before bulls not even 10 years you know seven years we had ryan clady and that was really just a huge blessing for the broncos to have one of the best tackles in football there and you just didn't even have to worry about it so 
Bowles, that's that's one of the main key building pieces of any NFL team is having a good tackle because edge rushers are, I mean, those are game wreckers in today's NFL. And if Bowles can hit, take a step forward, clean up those penalties, add weight, yada, yada, yada yeah, that'll be huge for the team. I still think he's probably, I would expect the third year going to be a big one for him because of how raw he is as a player. But, I mean, Bowles has got to be a building block for this team, and rightfully so. I mean, he's a first-round pick at a prime position, so that's that is beyond important. Yeah, the the fact that the Ryan Clady came on the the scene and what did he give up a half sack his rookie year or something like that? His first two seasons were like massively incredible considering <laughs> he played Boise State and normally tackles take a little bit of time. I mean, he just came in and was like, "Yep, I'm going to be an all-pro player." Yeah. And so it was. When when he and Ryan Harris were both healthy, that was the best I think left tackle right tackle combo the Broncos have ever had. I mean, it's it was probably up there. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. And that was the year Jay Cutler, I think threw for over 4,000 yards and the offense was like second in yards. It was just, it was a nice blessing to have and something the Broncos haven't had since Clay, started going down and, and it's just been a rotation trying to find out who can start left tackle, who can start right tackle. And, and if bulls can finally solve one of those issues for the next five, 10, 15 years, that would be be huge for the Broncos. So definitely a core piece that they need to to pan out. And I think he's got the from what I've seen, he's he's one of those guys that's gonna work his tail off. Um I, I think he's put on some weight from what I understand. He's closer to about 310, 315 right now. So that that's really good to hear, at least heading into training camp. And hopefully it doesn't hasn't zapped some of his athleticism. That's my biggest worry when guys put on that much weight. Just how athletic are they still going to be? But uh, yeah, big, big second year for him and huge for this offense really taking that next step. When you don't have to worry as a quarterback that somebody's going to come and hit you from behind, man, that's a huge blessing to have. And uh, it'd be very nice for Case Keenum for sure. But moving on to our second guy here, and this is one I almost didn't include on the list just because maybe he's not even here after this season. I would be shocked. Yeah, I would be shocked too. But it's one of those, he's one of those guys that this is, again, another really big year for a guy. Really has to prove himself, prove that he is worthy of a a big contract because it's such a prime position. We we talked about left tackle being a prime position. I would say quarterback and pass rusher are the top two, of course. Then I would say left tackle is probably that third most important position. And then fourth, I would say is cornerback. And that leads us to Bradley Roby. Another first-round pick. Now, this is a guy that was instrumental in that 2015 defense being what it was. And, of course, the the no-fly zone, when you have three cornerbacks that are starter quality, that is a very, very nice blessing to have. And then you throw in having Ware and Vaughn coming in as pass rushers. It's just a very tough combo to beat. But right now, Broncos have Harris. And, I mean, I don't think Roby's a big question mark, but – Still, he's he's got a little bit of question. Can he be that true top 10, top 15 cornerback that the Broncos are really used to having as that number two cornerback? And I, I guess here, here's my first question with him. Do you think the talk of him being in a competition with Tremaine Brock is real? Or do you just think that's a way of the coaches trying to motivate him? Wasn't Garrett Bowles in competition with Tyson Brylow at this point last year? That's a good point. I but Bowles don't. was a rookie, though. Yeah, I but this is Roby's first chance at the outside. 
And from what I've seen from Brock, that is from last season playing the Vikings, there's no way that Roby would get beat out by him. I mean, Brock's a better slot than a boundary corner. So you're going to be playing with three slots or, you know, two slots out there on the boundary. No way. That would be, unless Roby totally mailed it in this offseason and his looks horrible in camp or something. But I, I can't, I can't see to anything more than coach talk. I'm with you. I, when I heard it first, I was like, oh my gosh, they're just trying to motivate him. I think he's one of those guys. This is where being in the second year of coaching for a lot of these guys, I think really this is where you see the big difference is they know how to motivate different players. They know which ones need to be encouraged. I think that's what they, I think that's what you saw with Paxton Lynch this off season where the coaches were really talking them up, you know, really trying to uh, just say, Hey, this guy, we still believe in him. We still have all you blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I think Roby is one that is motivated by competition. And, and that's just it. All of us are motivated by different things. My daughter, it's a great example this morning. She, uh, she didn't want, want to wash her hands after going to the bathroom. And so my reaction was, Oh, I guess I'm going to wash my hands first. And then all of a sudden, boom, she's shoving me out of the way, running down the hallway to go wash her hands. She needs that competition to, to do things. I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't figured out a better way to motivate my daughter because I, I, I'm worried that I'm turning her into this ultra competitive kid. That's like going to have to win at everything, every game in school. Otherwise she's going to walk up and punch the guy that won it. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see on that one anyway. But I think that's what they're, they're learning here is, is how to motivate these guys and to keep them at their top position. And, and, and Roby, I just really think he thrives under that. So uh, I I'm with you. I can't see him getting beat. I think he's going to be a, a very, I think he's going to have a good year. I really do. I, I, I don't think he's going to be an elite quarterback this year, but I'd say he's going to be in that top 20 group at least. Yeah, I could see him there. I'm, he definitely has big shoes to fill. I mean, you're talking about Denver's expectations at cornerbacks beyond. I mean, it keeps leaving Chris Harris, obviously, but I mean, not too long ago, Champ Bailey was stomping around back there in that secondary as cornerback one. So Roby is definitely a building block. Cornerback's a huge spot, and he's still relatively young. So all things go well. He turns into a top 15, top 10 cornerback. In the next few seasons, the Broncos lock him up, and he's you know the face of the secondary three to six years from now still. That's ideally what happens. I mean, who knows what's going to happen because you know he could get injured. He might leave. You know, If he has a bad year this year and he's asking for a lot of money because he's been a productive part of the no-fly zone, I could see Elway saying, you know what, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll kick our tires in the draft and free agency because you're not worth that money. He's done it before, so right. we'll see. But I have, I have high hopes for Roby, and he's definitely he's one of the most important positions in today's NFL. You know, pass rushers, cornerbacks, tackles, and, cor- and quarterbacks. Not cornerbacks, quarterbacks. Those are the guys. So he's, he's going to get paid. I think the, a lot of movement this year has been making Roby a guy that's going to line up to get paid. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if – both Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas are gone next year and they allocate some of that money to pay for Bradley Roby because he's young. And that's, I mean, that's what you do. You want to lock up your young guys that are productive and then kind of transition to the older ones. And, you know, they brought in Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton. So that's a big thing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about Roby and I'm hoping that he takes a big step this year and makes fans more comfortable with moving on from Tlaib. Last year when we got rid of Ward, there was kind of no player that really could come in and fill fill in for him. I was excited about Justin Simmons, but that's safety. They both play safety, but they're not the same. You know, they have right. a totally different skill set. 
So hopefully Roby can come in. He's, he offers a little bit of the same with Tlaib. I don't think he has the ball skills that Tlaib has, but great recovery speed, good athlete. He just needs to get a little bit more consistent with his, uh, his off-man coverage and his zone ability. But I think he can continue to improve there. Worst case, he got a good uh, man corner, and that's what you need on the outside for Denver's game. So I'm excited about Roby going forward still. I think he's been one of the Denver Broncos' best first-round draft picks. I mean, outside of Von Miller in the John Elway era, probably – Probably Bradley Roby, right? I can't think of anybody else at the top of my head that's like, oh, yep, that was a nailed it in the first round. I'm trying to think because you can't count Derek Wolf. Nope, second round second pick. Rounder. Lynch, you got Shane Ray, you got Sylvester Williams. Hopefully Bradley Chubb, but that's a little right. early for that. <laughs> so I would say right now Roby's been always second best first round pick. Yeah, yeah, I, you're right. Yeah, and, and so then a little bit on this note because we've been getting a lot of Twitter questions about this. We have the the supplemental draft coming up, and there's a couple of cor- uh, defensive backs, I guess you could say, that are big-time interests that a lot of people think are going to get drafted, and Sam Beal and Adonis Alexander. Do you think the Broncos do anything there to really bolster the secondary, or do you think now that they got Bradley Roby, Tremaine Brock, uh, you know, they used a couple draft picks, do you think they stay away from these guys? What, what do you think is going to happen there? I think they'll be interested in both of them. Langley and Yidem, while they're both young, they're unproven as heck. And both of these guys fit the Broncos what they need. I think Alexander, I probably wouldn't put anything besides like a fifth or sixth round pick on him for the compensatory draft. But the actually supplemental draft, excuse me. Um, But I really like Sam Beal. He's somebody who intrigued me watching Sam Darnold last year and watching Darius Phillips, who was a little bit more of the the slot playmaker type. But Beal's long, athletic. A physical, and I think he's a good fit for the Broncos scheme. I, I don't think I would use a second round pick on him, but if the Broncos can get him with a third round pick, because you got to play the numbers a little bit. The Broncos are the the fifth overall pick, so as long as a team doesn't put a second round pick on him, and the who is the teams in front of the Broncos this year, the Browns, the Texans, the Giants, and the Colts don't put a third round pick on him, the Broncos would get him. They'd have to give up a third round pick next year, but hopefully that third round pick is not the fifth overall third round pick. <laughs> And hopefully that just alleviates one of your needs. I thought Beal next year, I mean, there was some talk that he could be a top 40 pick because right. he's got that skill set that people are looking for in today's NFL where he's athletic enough where he can stick with guys, but he's got the size, the length, the power, everything to be a press man on the outside and hold his own. So I would be totally fine putting a third-round pick on him. And that would, you know, maybe not the best move for a guy like Brandon Langley and spend the money on Tremaine Brock and all of that, but... You can never have enough good cornerbacks. And if you see a guy that you think can be a good fit for your scheme and can be a, on your team for the next four years providing, providing production at a discounted price, I'm all about it. So I, I really like Beal. Right. Well, and, and like I said, if you can get a player that's a top 40 pick in the third round at a very prime position, I mean, that, that's huge. Yeah. And if he actually pans out, you just continue with that. You could pay Roby and you're going to feel good about it you're still going to have three top tier cornerbacks to play with. It just keeps that secondary as strong as can be and, and allows for Chubb and, and for Von Miller just to go destroy teams. I mean, it's as much as I want to see the offense improve, continuing to build that defense and, and there's still young, good pieces on that defense that you can build around. And so you don't want to just all of a sudden go the opposite direction. Cause this is, the Broncos have kind of done the the pendulum swing. They they built the the Star Wars numbers offense, and it got them to the Super Bowl, but no further. 
Then they swung to the other side of having this all-star defense. And obviously it won him a Super Bowl. And so after that, I mean, I, I lean towards keeping the defense as strong as can be. And if this is one way to do it, then yeah, go ahead. Give up that third round pick. I think that's what I said on Twitter to a couple of our listeners. And, and uh, I really wouldn't have no problem. I know you have to look at the background stuff because a lot of these guys, there's a reason that they're in the supplemental draft that they didn't make it to the regular draft. So uh, have to look into that, but talent wise, Beal is definitely worth it. Definitely. Yeah. Especially the way we play defense. He's a perfect fit for the scheme we need and cornerback like edge rusher last year was a, is a sneaky need for the Broncos going forward. So if you can get a guy and alleviate that need going forward and create more young competition between Yitem and Langley, that's, that's huge. They just knock off another long-term need. You got to think about team building in like three to five year windows. So get another potential starting cornerback there. I I'm about it in the third round. And that'd be a, Gosh, the, the third year in a row, the Broncos would use a third round pick on a cornerback. But hey, like you said, if it keeps the no-fly zone, the no-fly zone, I can't argue with that. Yeah. And Speaking of the, the no-fly zone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the no-fly zone, this is the next guy. And and I saw that you had posted on Twitter, you think this is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. And that is Justin Simmons, of course, the Broncos' safety. And something that I just find so interesting, I like to see how teams build – you know, that's what we do here. We, we see how teams build to, to championships and then we try to have our team mimic that. And one of the great things of just looking at the greatest defenses in NFL history, you're looking at some of the top safeties in NFL history as well. You got Troy Polamalu with that, with those great mid 2000s uh, Steelers defenses, the, the 2008 defense that many say is one of the better ones out there. Ed Reed for... The, the Ravens, that 2000, they've just, he's been amazing for them. Earl Thomas for that 2013 Seahawks defense. John Lynch, of course, with the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Donnie Shell was the safety for the Steelers during their crazy defenses of the 2000, or not 2000, of, of the 1970s. Of course, Ronnie Lott for the uh, the 49ers when they were so good. I mean, all these teams, they've had these great top 20 top 25 safeties of all time on their teams and for the Broncos I mean Justin Simmons I you can't obviously put him with that group I'm not trying to say that but I'm just saying we need Simmons to become something great we need him to become that core player in that defense and and just be that guy that really mans that that deep safety spot and uh, I, I guess here, here's my question for you to start off with what do you think is Simmons ceiling as a safety i think he has the potential to be a top 10 safety by the end of this season i'm a big fan of justin simmons it's not only the athleticism he might be honestly he might be the most athletic player overall on the broncos roster and he looks like he's improved each and every year but it's the mentality as well i mean hearing justin simmons speak he is an extremely intelligent guy players around him just seem to rally around him as well and i think he he's a budding face not only of the, the secondary but of the Broncos defense as well and I'm I'm stoked to have him on the Broncos normally I wouldn't say a safety is as much a building block I mean you talked about it safeties are important but I would argue you know they're they're that that next tier after pass rushers and cornerbacks that go with like off-ball linebackers as well but still defensive pieces I'm all about keep building talented defenses and adding defensive pieces I'm I'm definitely a defensive minded person when it comes to team building so Simmons is a big one, and I was a big fan of him. He's probably the the one guy that Elway has taken that I was 
like in love with before the draft. And when they took him, I was doing cartwheels. Adam Gotsis, I wasn't super big on. You know, I was just like, oh, interesting. I was not big on Paxton Lynch when he was drafted. But Justin Simmons made me just feel a little bit better. I was actually in mock drafts and stuff. I was taking Justin Simmons in the second round. So I think Simmons can be big this year. They need to use him more. I'd like to see him using a Minka Fitzpatrick kind of role where he's still a deep safety, but also they can use come down and play some nickel as well, keep him in the base package if they want to. And not so much playing that enforcer role, uh, TJ Ward role, which I felt like sometimes they tried to use him there last year because Will Parks stunk so much there. And just that's just not his game. That's not his play style. He's kind of a little bit more of a, a string bean, which he has pretty good hops, good range, and intelligence to boot. So I'm excited for what Justin Simmons will do this year. And I think with the the added beef and talent up front that Justin Simmons could really, and the addition of Cravens as well, who compliments Simmons very well, I think this could be a, a big season for Simmons. Right. I, I worry less about the Broncos getting beat over the middle because of Simmons and because of Cravens and just the growth I think that they can really have this season. Yeah, absolutely. Both those guys are good, young, talented secondary members and like we said, the Broncos can add another cornerback and retain Roby, or if one of Yitam or Langley step up, then this secondary looks good for at least the next three seasons, in my opinion, as long as people don't get hurt or Chris Harris doesn't fall off a cliff, which I don't think will happen. <laughs> Agreed. No, the very big piece, and I like all three of our guys. These are This is big seasons for all three guys that we've started off with here. They, they've shown – Glimpses, I'd say Simmons has proved it more, proven it more consistently, at least last year. Bradley Roby had incredible games, but was also non-existent in a couple games. And of course, Garrett Bowles being his second year, uh, but big, big years for these guys. If the Broncos are going to be successful this season, it's going to be in, in big part because these guys all take that next step. Yeah, absolutely. And the three you've listed will be big. And if these guys can take another step and they, I mean, they can make the Broncos a great team once again, which obviously historically over the last, at least, you know, 20 years, the Broncos have been uh, 30 years. Let's say Broncos have been one of the best franchises in the NFL. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Thank you, John Elway. But these guys got to step up. And if they do, if half these guys step up then the Broncos have some core players and, you know, pro bowl caliber caliber talents, that is exactly what you need to be a consistent team competing in the NFL. All right, well, we still have a bit to get to, but before we do, let us tell you about why you need to become a Mile High Huddle VIP subscriber. Mile High Huddle's approach to covering the Broncos isn't just about reporting the news, although we pride ourselves in being able to relay you all the breaking news on the Broncos as it's happening in real time. But what we like to focus on is breaking down the Broncos from an in-depth perspective. From all 22 film reviews, X's and O's, deep dives on player evaluations, and coming out of the draft analysis of the 2018 class and the roster itself, we save our best and most in-depth content for our premium members, our VIP subscribers. To become a Mile High VIP and get access to 100% of our written analysis and the VIP Insider forums, just click on the green banner at the top of the website, milehighhuddle.com. Click the monthly or annual option and you'll be locked in. From there, you get access to everything we produce, which includes any insider information we pick up along the way. We work hard to bring you the best Broncos coverage and analysis on the web. We ask you for your support to become a VIP subscriber. Pull the trigger and you have my word, you won't be disappointed. All right, well, the next two, we're, we're very much on a, a defensive mindset here. With the, We did three and three, but we got a little defensive run here. And a guy that we've talked about, another first-round pick pretty recently, Bradley Chubb. And it's, I mean, if when you're a top-five pick at an edge rusher position, obviously you are going to be a core player, and not only a core player for the roster, but him and Von Miller, 
need to develop into a way that they are, if, you know, you're seeing them back to back smiling pictures, rotating, you know, next coming up on Fox, the sitcom, the two bash brothers or something, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller <laughs> and become the face of the franchise. And that's, that's what Chubb and along with Von Miller, who obviously is the face of the franchise now needs to become given his pick and what the Broncos passed on in quarterbacks and just how important this position is. Oh, definitely. Like you said, anytime you take a top five pick, you need them to pan out. You need them to become a core player that you're going to depend on for the next five, 10 years. Otherwise you're going to be right there picking top five again. And for the Broncos, Bradley Chubb, I mean, he, Von Miller obviously is a core player. We'll talk about him here in just a minute, but at some point we're, they're going to need somebody to step up and, and be that, that, that Robin to his, his Batman uh, kind of like, where was Batman? Von Miller was Robin. I, honestly, Von Miller is probably more Batman, but <laughs> of his actual play on the field. But again, just having that that counterpoint, you need two great pass rushers anymore. Maybe th- I mean three would be great, but two especially. You look at the the Chargers right now with their two guys. They I think got the quickest pressure per snap and then in the NFL this past year. And that paid off. I mean, they didn't make it to the playoffs, but it's still that that's something that they can build on for an entire defense. And you get a few more pieces around them. And all of a sudden you got yourself an elite defense that teams are very, very much afraid to play against. So Bradley Chubb has to become that core player. He has to become that next, that next Von Miller for the Broncos, that guy that you just look at and say, he was why we ran, won a championship. I mean, we can look at Von Miller and say not only was he Super Bowl MVP, but I mean, you look at that playoff run, just what he did in those games. It was, it was otherworldly, and he has just been that the face of the franchise now that Manning and Ware are gone, and Chubb needs to become that next guy for us for sure. But uh, I mean, and and the great thing is, you're hearing a lot of veterans speak very well of this kid. I think it was Chris Harris, if I remember right, said that he was looking a lot like Khalil Mack. Yep, and Von Miller. Yeah, obviously that should excite Bronco fans, but at the same time, I, I think there's a little bit of pumping your brakes on that. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about two of the best pass rushers, probably the two best pass rushers in the NFL. Edge rushers. I would argue Aaron Donald probably is up there as well. It okay, just, yeah, maybe sorry. just me personally. You're right, edge rushers. But still, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to hear guys like Chris Harris talking, talking like that. You have other guys that I think Wolf spoke very highly of him. If I remember right, uh, Von Miller has spoken very highly of him. Just a lot of guys really like what they're seeing from him, all the work that he's putting in. And I've, I've watched little clips. I mean, I'm sure many of you listeners have too on Twitter. And you can see the effort this guy's putting in. You can see just how hard he is working, just even in some few clips of just, I mean, this guy's flying off the snap. He's not wasting any time in OTAs or rookie minicamp or anything like that. He's taking advantage of every opportunity he has. And probably helps that he has Demarcus Ware as his coach. I mean, that that's a, a nice little bonus for these guys. But again, if the Broncos can have the best pass rushing duo in the NFL by the end of the season, they should be right there in the making for a, a playoff team. Yeah, it's not enough just to have the best edge rushers. Last season, I would argue that the Chargers had the best edge rusher duo. But gosh, it helps. And if you can, you know, Denver is, Chargers are actually, I mean, we've talked about them on here. They're a sneaky team this year. They shouldn't be, but they are. 
But yeah, that could be big for the Broncos. Hopefully they can surpass Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa is the guy who Bradley Chubb, I mean, I would say he's more of a comparison for Chubb than Cleo Mack. Cleo Mack is more, I mean, he's powerful like Chubb, but Chubb is a bigger, more like powerful body type. But Cleo Mack plays what, like 255, 260? And Chubb is playing like 275. So that's kind of closer to that Bosa range, a little bit more of that 4 3, 3 4 tweener type almost. But and where Mac is more of an off ball linebacker slash defensive end type. But I mean, either way, powerful edge rusher that's very good with their hands. And some people have said, you know, I've said potentially Griffin from the Vikings. And another one that I really like that some people have said is Terrell Suggs. So we'll see what happens. But Chubb, I mean, Von Miller, it's sad, but it's the way of life. Von Miller, he's probably, he's still in his prime right now, obviously. But next four years, five years, Von Miller will start to decline. And right. Bradley Chubb's going to have to be the guy that steps up and we're going to hopefully have a smooth transition and, you know, maybe Chubb can become the Batman. Maybe one day Devon Miller's Robin. We'll, we'll see what happens, but Chubb, this is a golden opportunity. And if he can live up to some of this praise that his teammates have giving him and, you know, the hype with his draft pick, which I'm excited about, I don't know if he's, you know, an elite elite pass rusher, but I think he'd be really, really good, like pro bowl level. So that's, that's big. And when you have Von Miller across from him and DeMarcus Ware coaching him, that he could be a huge player and not only franchise cornerstone, but eventually the face of the franchise. That is the dream. That is the dream. Well, and that, that brings us to our, I mean, we kind of already talked about him here a little bit, but of course you can't talk core players on the Broncos without Von Miller. I mean, for the next, like you said, four or five years, Von Miller is still the, the face of this franchise. He's a top seven player in the NFL. I would say right now, and of course, just, I mean, he's had a premium position, so that helps out as well. Uh, but th- you already said it. Do, do you think four or five years, that's about what he's got left? He's got more than that left, but I'm talking like elite level. Play. Well, yeah, sorry. That's yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah. Because I mean, even at the end, DeMarcus Ware was great, but he wasn't the player he was, you know, the last or the, the you know, his peak during Dallas. He was an absolute game record in Dallas. He came to Denver. He was good. Very much complimented Von Miller. They needed that across from him and the leadership, which is something that I think we don't talk about enough with Chubb. It's not just the the, the play style. It's the the mentality as well. I mean, he's a, he's a man. He's not some boy coming in here. He's a man. He's ready to work, which I absolutely love. They kind of need that after the, the Paxton Lynch years and uh, some talk about even the 2017 class as well. So <laughs> we'll see about that. But Von Miller, probably another four or five years left of really high elite level play. And then after that, you'll start to see him tail off a little bit. I mean, he's still going to be, I think he's got another 10 years of good football left, but I'm talking elite level. But still, I'm, you know, we said it when Champ Bailey was here. We said it when I said it to my friends when Peyton was around, you know, enjoy it while it's here because it is special to watch this guy and to have him play for your, I mean, even if he wasn't playing for the Broncos, it would be special to watch him. And the fact that you get to enjoy him on your, your favorite team and all the personality he brings as well. I mean, it's, Honestly, as a fan, you're a little bit blessed because he is incredible. I mean, he brought us brought a Super Bowl to Denver, and there's there's just really nothing to dislike about Von Miller. He does everything. He's a fantastic pass rusher, obviously, probably the most explosive pass rusher in the NFL right now. His burst and bend off the edge are incredible, and he's really transformed his game or just grown in his game. Not transformed, but grown in his game. And now he's one of the better run defenders as well. He doesn't do it with pure power, but he beats guys to spot. He's so powerful and his speed to power when he engages with guys, he can jolt them, get to spots that other guys could, I mean, offensive linemen 
scratching their heads. Like, how can I beat this guy? Cause he's beating me to my spot every time. So the, he's incredible. The face of the franchise and the, the best player in the AFC West right now. And he's, uh, he's on his way to the hall of fame. As long as he doesn't do anything stupid, just keep it up. Don't get injured and keep doing what you're doing. And Von Miller, I mean, not only hall of fame, but first ballot he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's at what? 83 and a half sacks already. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Smith just said that he thinks he could, Von Miller could surpass his sack record. I'm not sure about that. You know, we'll see. He's going to have to keep up a good pace for a long time if that's going to happen. You know, in today's NFL, maybe, you know, medical medical goals are getting better and better. Guys can play longer. I mean, Tom Brady is going to play until what? He's 100 years old. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll see. But I mean, Peyton Manning, he brought him back from from the dead, essentially. He was a zombie playing for us and he was pretty good. So we'll take it. But Von, I mean, he's. He's incredible. There's a, I'd hate to be, you know, slobbing on the knob and singing so many overtures, but he's, I mean, he's one of the best players that I've, Von Miller and Champ Bailey, probably the best two, like, singular talents I've seen playing for the Broncos. Peyton Manning was incredible, obviously, for the Broncos. I feel like he had, I mean, he was a system. It's a little bit different with the quarterback, but Champ and Von, just draw-dropping talent and athleticism for what they do. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. We, we've definitely been spoiled to see two of the best players at their positions, and even even Peyton Manning, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's a little bit of his system, but I mean, he designed it. So yeah, he is the system. Yeah, he is the system. And when you go and throw 55 touchdowns in a single season, that's something special to watch. We, we've been very, very blessed as Bronco fans to see some of the best football in NFL history from a lot of players. And, and Vaughn Miller falls into there, like I said, that playoff run that he had. I don't think you're going to see another pass rusher take over a game single-handedly like he did. His game against the Patriots was one of the best edge rushing games I've ever seen in like a big moment. I mean, not only did he have the sacks and the pressures, but he he picked off Tom Brady. He intercepted the ball. I mean, just incredible. And then to cap it off with the strip sack of the Super Bowl, bringing home that hardware. Thank God they won that Super Bowl. Otherwise, it would have been just massively disappointing to have that team in 2012 not win. 2013 just get absolutely punched in the face by the Seahawks. So 2015, that, that was a redemption season, and Von Miller is the one who brought it home. Yeah, I would say that strip sack for a touchdown was absolutely the reason the Broncos won that game. Getting that 10-0 lead on a team that's very much based on the run setting up the pass, all of a sudden they're kind of forced to have to rethink their game plan. It's kind of like 2013 when the Broncos got punched in the mouth early in that Super Bowl, and they just never really recovered. Yep. They never really went back to the run game and it just, yeah, we don't need to talk about that, but it, it's kind of like a boxer. Sorry. We do need to talk about it because I just had an analogy. It's kind of like a fight where you can have two guys that are pretty evenly matched, but if one of them gets in a good punch early, the fight could be over. I mean, that's just, if you get punched, like you could be the best fighter ever, but if that guy gets one good square shot against you in the head, you are in trouble. Right. That's that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that was, that was a huge, huge touchdown. And you could kind of see just the Panthers after that. It, it took them a while to really recover. That second half, they started looking a little bit better. But still, it, it was a little too late at that point, which is great for the Broncos. But uh, but yeah, Von Miller, uh, he, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats for the Broncos, for sure. It would not shock me if if by the end of his career, he is top two, top three easily. You know, of course, John Elway's always going to be at the top. I, I think Von Miller would have to win the Broncos like three or four more Super Bowls to pass him. Even there, because Von or because John Elway would be the executive <laughs> during that stretch, you'd probably still have John Elway at the top because he's the one that helped design the teams. But but uh, yeah, 
enjoy them while you got them, Bronco fans, because it, it's amazing how quick careers go. Yeah, you never know. I mean, Von Miller could have an injury tomorrow. God damn it. Everybody knock on wood uh, right now. Everyone listening, knock on wood. But there you, I mean, go. you never know. It's the NFL. Things can change in an instant. Oh, that they can. All right. Well, let's let's talk about our last guy here. And this is another rookie. And I kind of went back and forth again, just whether to put this guy on here. But it, it's it's in part because the Broncos are going to be losing two key guys from this position over the next probably a year or two. Probably, and, probably both next year from the sounds of it, but you, you never know. Things could change. Right, right. But especially if this guy emerges, it makes it a lot easier to, to move on. And that is Cortland Sutton. And I mean, the, the, the reviews of this kid, have, players have just been raving about him. People that have been at practice have been raving about this guy and, and the catches that he's making, which honestly makes me, Hesitate a little bit because Cody Latimer. Yeah, Cody Latimer. <laughs> How many times did we hear that that's what he did during OTAs and then nothing? Yeah. Uh, but I think Cortland Sutton's a little bit different guy. Cody Latimer was kind of a, a knucklehead. He could make the, the really, really good catches, but he never really learned the offense. He could never really be trusted to be on the field and, and make the right decision. And, and he wasn't – I. Honestly, he was just the worst fit possible with, with Peyton Manning. Yeah, that, that was a, a big great route runner. And he also doesn't really, I mean, he's for as a, a physical as he is, he doesn't really attack the football slash have the ability to play the ball in the air that Sutton does. He doesn't play above the rim. Right. But again, we've just been hearing great things about this kid, hearing that he's really showing well as a route runner even. Uh, just that it's amazing to hear what, what's going on with this kid. And, and, and I feel bad because I'm supposed to be the, the wide receiver guy. And I was the one going, please don't draft Cortland Sutton. <laughs> and now we got him. Uh, but I mean, it's, it was a, a lot of it dealt for me was just one. I, I questioned a little bit of his athleticism and two, I questioned just with that route running, how quickly he could be an impact player for the Broncos. Plus I thought he was going to go in the first round. So getting him in the second is a little bit different thing than get him mid mid first or whatever. I mean, a lot of people thought Dallas was going to take this kid and obviously they didn't. So uh, I feel a lot better about where the Broncos took him, feel better about him being on the team, especially when I'm hearing a lot of really good things about this kid. And and it's hard to know just the work ethic that a kid's going to have. It's, you can't see that on tape. I mean, you can see the improvement from one year to the next kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. They put a lot of work into it, but it's still a whole different game when you get to the NFL. But for the Broncos, if this guy can emerge as a core piece for that offense and just uh, somebody that teams have to focus on. When DT was in his prime, that's what you hope Cortland Sutton can be because teams always had to keep a safety towards his side. Teams always had to worry that he was either going to beat him deep or he was going to catch that screen pass, take it 80 yards, quick slant play like in 2000, uh, 2011 against the Steelers. I mean – that is playmaking ability. And when you got that kind of player, teams absolutely have to defear that kind of player. It's kind of like Odell Beckham Jr. for the Giants. It opens up everything for everybody else. And like I said, if you're losing DT, you're losing Sanders, you're just losing a lot of playmaking ability. You're losing a lot of guys that bring fear to the rest of the defense. And uh, I, I question this a little bit because as much as I love wide receivers, how important is the position? I mean, they, they are getting paid ridiculous contracts right now. 
And I, I just sit here and say, I wouldn't pay a wide receiver that <laughs> honestly. I, I don't know. I, I, as much as I love wide receivers, I still think it's not the most important position. I, I, I don't think they're deserving the contracts that they're getting. But again, if you have that playmaker player, it, it definitely makes a huge difference for your offense. I can't disagree. And especially when they're on that rookie contract, that's a big difference for them. You know, not getting paid that crazy money like what Sammy Watkins is getting paid right now. Granted, you can afford to do that when you have a potential franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. So that's, you know, we've talked about that on here before a lot. We had a couple different guys we talked about here, you know, potentially Cravens, potentially Josie Jewell, but I'm glad you were with Sutton. And it's just to do with the guys in front of him as well. You talked about it, Sanders and Demarius Thomas, both over 30, both have contracts that indicate that one or both will be gone after the season. So Sutton's going to have to step up and fill in the role. And I was not as big on him coming into the draft because, again, I thought, you know, first-round talent. I had him actually exactly as the 40th overall player on my board. So that's, I mean, I think, didn't he go like 38 or I, I feel like I, he went in the exact same spot as where I had him on my big board. So it t- turned out in the end, we got exact value. So I'll take that. But Sutton, I, I agree with you. Wide receivers important, especially with more and more three wide receiver sets in today's NFL. You have to have guys that can pull coverage and everything. It is a scheme and quarterback dependent position, but obviously if you have a good talent on the outside, it makes the scheme and the quarterback that much better. I mean, look at the difference between not having Demarius Thomas to having when he's been hurt to having Demarius Thomas. It's night and day for the offense. So I'm I'm with you as wide receiver, not as important, but I think you are definitely justified in putting him as one of the the key building blocks for this team going forward, especially because he's young and the guys in front of him might not be here long. We'll see if he can fill in. I do have a little bit of Cody Latimer hesitancy when they talk about how good he's playing in camp. Same with Deshaun Hamilton, but I feel like. Sutton is a guy that worst case, he's going to end up a solid number two receiver in the NFL, kind of the, what Eric Decker was, or maybe, I mean, best case, the Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall type, but it, I could see him as a number two and maybe developing a number one. He doesn't really have the long speed that you see for most number ones, but he has the ability to go up and get the football, good change of direction ability. So there's some skills there that could indicate that. I mean, Brandon Marshall didn't have great long speed either. So we'll see. And if he can hit, that's going to be huge for the team. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Building the Broncos. We talked about the building blocks for this team, the the core players going forward. Garrett Bowles, Bradley Roby, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, who, despite being the oldest one on the list, is still a building block piece because he's that good. And Cortland Sutton. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you head on over to Mile Huddle, a new affiliate of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital to find ours and our co-writers' articles, not just related to the draft, but all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos. Head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and comment. Your support can help us continue to bring you our Denver Bronco deep dives. We aren't just here to bring you the news, but an in-depth analysis each and every week off the Denver Broncos. You can follow the Building the Broncos podcast and all of our great audio content by subscribing to us on the Huddle Up podcast on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher, as well as check us out on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with fellow Bronco fans. For Carl Dumbler, I'm Nick Kendall wrapping up another episode of Building the Broncos. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next week. Go Broncos. Mile High Huddle.